Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with of course myself Rob Lambert and, and me Helen Lazowski. We're super super excited today because we have a very special guest. We have Urban Hafner. So Urban's a software developer, fellow stationary freak, has a really deep interest in fountain pens which we'll jump into. But before then I'm going to hand over to Urban to just do a quick intro. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. My name is Urban and I'm a stationary freak. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's not all I do. Um, I also do podcast. Um, I have split mine into two, essentially. So I have one that's really focused on stationary that I do on a very irregular schedule with a buddy from the US. And then I have one about software development and management and all that stuff. And then, yes, there are the fountain pens. Um, I went as far as building a a project web project website for it where people can sort of enter their 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 collections. Um, that's called the Fountain Pen Companion. That's going surprisingly well. I'm still amazed. And of course, uh, there's all the stationery that I use on a daily basis. So I do use some form of bullet journaling. Um... <laughs> We're not friends. Well, friend. Well, I don't use stickers, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> just missing out. <laughs> yeah. um, I do journal and I also uh, write a lot of letters. And yeah, sometimes I even use A3 paper. Excellent. We've, we've got plenty to jump into here. Um, I guess what's interesting me, and, and thank you for that introduction, is this sort of interest that you have with fountain pens and ink that led you to building um, essentially a leaderboard and a, and a whole sort of tool around bringing people together who've got this same interest. What, what spurred you on to actually go ahead and build a community around fountain pens and ink? I would say I didn't build a community. Sort of, I, I got into fountain pens uh, again uh, some years ago. And then I, I joined the Panedict Slack. So sort of this is sort of the community for the Panedict podcast. And there I traded a lot of ink samples with other people. So as fountain pen users, you buy a lot of bottles of ink, um, but you never really have the chance to use them all because it's a lot of ink and a pen doesn't use much. So it's very common that you trade small, I don't know, five, two, or whatever, milliliters of ink with other people around the world. And I noticed that it's pretty hard to do because everyone has to rattle off their list of inks and then you have to pick what you want and what the other person wants. And I thought, hey, someone must have done something to make that easier, but apparently no one did. <laughs> <laughs> so my first version of that was basically just to support the community there and to just, hey, Here's a website, you can upload your list of inks and you can um, make it public so that other can see it. That's how it started. And to my surprise, everyone was super excited about it. And you know, I was quite interested. I was listening to one of your podcasts and your your buddy on your, uh, we should plug this actually, Rob, to be fair, the, the Two Guys Zero Planners podcast. Yeah. Your buddy on that, he's um, really into turquoise ink. And I had a moment where I suddenly thought, actually, my father for years wrote with turquoise ink and I found it really bizarre that he could even find turquoise ink. <laughs> I didn't know this was a whole thing. And you're talking about, I don't know, amethyst ink and stuff like this. I, 
this is a like a whole little rabbit hole I didn't even know existed. As a stationary freak, I didn't know this existed. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things, especially in the last years, there were new manufacturers, small boutique stores, maybe just one or two people doing stuff from all around the world. And they started doing all these crazy inks and stuff. So there's a lot of stuff these days. So Urban, with the with the the sort of uh, catalog of inks that you've built, do you then facilitate the sort of trading of that, or does that happen just through the community? You know, you mentioned sort of sharing small amounts of ink so that you don't have to you know buy all these big big tubs of it. Um, do you support in that, or is that just something that happens in the background? So in the end, I didn't really build that feature out. Sort of you can sort of when you are logged in to Fountain Pen Companion with your account and another person has an account there as well, you can sort of um, compare the collections and say, hey, show me on the inks from the other person that, I don't know, are actual ink bottles and that I don't have. But that's as far as this feature goes. Um, I know, just never got around <laughs> to making it easier. And instead, I sort of built all the other things uh, going around with, like you can now also track your all the pens you have. And then if you're... Uh, one of the crazy people like me, you have a lot of pens and a lot of inks and you fill them up and then you forget which ink is in which pen. And then there's also a feature to track that to say, hey, I currently have this ink in this pen. And this wow. is more of the things I look at. That is cool. I can imagine Helen uh, getting lost in that for a few days. <laughs> I was just thinking exactly the same thing. When have <laughs> I got time to actually go and look at this properly, you know? Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. So obviously, you, you know, you've got this interest in fountain pens, you're bringing the community together, with you, which is just fabulous. What do you use those fountain pens for? I know you, you've mentioned bullet journaling, you've mentioned journaling, and I know also you're a software developer. And I think there's this sort of assumption that most software developers would just use digital tools, but that's not the case with you. Do you yeah. want to just walk us through a few examples of some of the more analog stationary type activity you get up to. So, so what I noticed about myself is that I work best when I write stuff down on paper. I sort of, at least the first version always needs to be in paper for me for whatever I'm doing, because I somehow, somehow that's just much easier for me than staring at a blank screen and some, hey, I need to enter, write a ticket or write some document I somehow this doesn't work for me. Um, so that's one of the uses for me. Um, I also have a hard time, I would say, focusing. So I need to make sure that everything that pops into my mind that's not relevant to the current thing, um, I sort of pull out of my head, essentially, and, and, and dump it somewhere where I can't forget it. And that's also for me just much easier if I do it on paper. So I have the same problem, yeah. Urban, to be honest. Uh, absolutely the same problem of focusing down on something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's something uh, my autistic, slightly autistic mind or ADHD mind does. Um, and it's not something everyone has to, but at least for me, that is very important. And it's just much, much faster as well. And then, of course, I need to, I can, get, can use my stationery. I was going to say, that's exactly what got me into bullet journaling, was this need to have different lists on different pages and be able to make some kind of uh, sense of the noise in my head. So yeah, very interesting to hear that you deal with the similar thing in a similar way. Very interesting. 
I, I suffer from the same thing and I very much use, uh, I keep swapping and changing. You know, one minute I'm using Todoist, then I'm using Moleskins, then I'm using a planner. I won't go near the bullet journal, obviously, as uh, listeners will know. <laughs> um, but Urban, I'm interested, is, is the bullet journal the place where you put these ideas down or do you have like post-it notes or, you know, what's your sort of mechanism for capturing these things? Well, obviously, as a someone into stationery, there's multiple places, <laughs> depending on what I'm doing. <laughs> so for work, uh, I use a notebook and I'm calling it a bullet journal, but it is very... I, I threw out maybe 80% of um, sort of the recommended features. Uh, so it's essentially just a glorified to-do list on paper. That's all mine is, and mine has bells and whistles and stickers. Yeah. But it is just a glorified to-do to do Yeah, list. I mean, this is what the bullet journal is, right? All this, hey, it le- needs to look fancy. And you can that that's also all is on top, right? I mean, Ryder actually has ADHD and this is where all this is coming from that everything needs to be written down and everything needs to be organized so that you don't I don't know lose focus or know what is the next important thing so and of course these days I mean even though I'm 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 a lot into stationary scheduling and planning is not something I do in paper but because with a family and work a digital calendar is just so so much better so all this six months planning and this this monthly calendar and everything that the bullet journal has, that's something I don't don't even put into my book. No, I don't either, actually, if you're honest. Mine's very today and maybe next week, but not yeah. six months ahead for sure. Yeah, exactly. That is what I do, right? At the beginning of the week, I have a, a carryover stuff from last week. And they either go into the uh, into Monday if it's something that really needs to get done now, or they go sort of into a separate section at the beginning of the week with something that maybe at some point needs to be done, and that's all it is essentially for me. Yeah, I think that's the, the bit that put me off the whole uh, bullet journal is having to write out your you know your monthly calendar every sort of month and then. Oh, I don't know. I just found it a bit overwhelming. But um, so, just on that, Evan, what notebook do you use? We are stationary freaks. We like the products. We like the, you know, why the notebook? Is it the feel, the bleed of the paper? You know, let, let's indulge in that in a minute, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, with fountain pens, yeah, I guess you have to be a bit more careful. I don't really agree with uh, your last interviewee that Moleskin works with fountain pens. I find those horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I would never too. touch them. <laughs> me too. <laughs> because they're so bad quality-wise. So it depends, really. Um, right now, I have a Leuchtturm uh, for work. It is not what people would consider excellent for fountain pens, um, but it dries really quickly, which is kind of the point for work, right? You need to be able to write something down and then turn the page instead of and it shouldn't smear which it so often does with fountain pens if it takes a long time to dry and then i don't know i have a shelf here with i don't know around 10 i would say unused notebooks and i just pick something i guess (laughs) i'm looking at my shelf thinking gosh if i got down to 10 i'd consider that i (laughs) yeah I, i tried to not buy too much recently so that's why it's only 10 um, I was actually looking for some receipts earlier for the accountant and sort of I couldn't find them. So I was going through all the drawers and everything in my uh, studio and there's just hundreds of notebooks. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Absolutely I mean, I'm, ridiculous. I'm making up for it with the pens and the inks, I guess. That's true. That's yeah, it. That's, it. that's it. We've all got a little niche obsession within this uh, bigger obsession, haven't we? 
you know what interests me we were in the sort of pre-chat before we started recording and and i'm a big journaler i love to journal i think it's a, a really powerful way of getting stuff out of my head and working through problems and all the other stuff that comes with it you journal as well urban but what's interesting is you said you throw your journal away after you finished it that is remarkable do you mind <laughs> explaining why you do that yeah sort of from for me the uh, like you said, the the important bit about journaling is to sort of work out stuff. But then, once you've worked it out, um, to me that that is the main purpose. So, and then I've done essentially, it, it's done its job. And I've I've journaled for a few years. I kept my notebooks, but I noticed I never went back because it was just a lot of rambling and half thought out uh, thoughts on a page, right? And it just took up shelf space and then who's gonna read it? I'm not and do I wanna I don't know. I don't know when I die in many, many years, hopefully. <laughs> there will be shelves and shelves full of notebooks and I'd just rather throw them out now instead of taking up all that space and making work for someone else. See, I think you're right. I have exactly the same, but I keep mine, my bullet journals, and they go back Oh, five or six years that I can see just from here. So they're easily to hand, but I absolutely have never opened one more than a year old. So occasionally I want to know something that from last year, but never beyond that. So I just need the last notebook. Yeah. And for work, I mean, even though I write stuff down for me, for stuff I need to do, in the end, um, it is still true as a software developer that in the end, it always ends up in some ticketing system online somewhere <laughs> right so it's also not that i need to go back no to look at my notes because they are just for me to keep me organized and not stressed out but then once that's done it's done and i also don't need those yeah i'm 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 really sort of torn on this one there's part of me that goes into the the shed in the garden you know, pulls out a box of journals for the last 15, 20 years, reads them, realizes quite how much I do moan and whine about quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but also there's this sort of, um, I, I look at some of the actions and the, the ideas and the brainstorming and the mind maps that I create in these journals. And there's those projects that just never went anywhere. So there's the, the side of me, which is, here's me, the reflection, you know, dealing with the issues to your point of and sort of working stuff out do I want to leave that as a legacy for my kids to read? You know, will they ever read it? They'll probably, you know, in the current climate with the energy crisis, just burn it for heat. Um, <laughs> but then there's the other side, which is working through the ideas and the projects and the stuff that I want to create. I'm a very creative person. And that's going to get created, isn't it? I mean, if I create something, that's the point of the lists and the mind maps, not the, the mind map itself. So, yeah, I'm a bit torn. I don't know whether I could bring myself to to burn those notebooks and throw them out. I don't know. I'm going to play with that idea, I think, for a bit. And thank you. Yeah, I mean, it took me a few years to to actually do it. But I, I sort of keep the last one. One I keep one on the shelf and sort of throw it out when the next one's empty. I'm not sure why, but even then I don't go back. That's sort of how I keep my mind happy with it, I guess. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I, I spend a bit, fair bit of time on Instagram and Pinterest looking at notebooks, uh, as many of us have our own interests. And what I find really appealing is those photos of people's archives. You know, when you see these people that have had the same style of notebook for years and it's all neatly organized on shelves, and I'm kind of mildly obsessed with that. And I wonder whether that's what I'm trying to create is more, you know, Instagram goodness rather than any real lasting legacy or any purpose to it other than that. Um, but yeah. I did read the other day um, Spike Milligan, the famous comedian from The Goons, and he's um, they discovered a, an archive of his stuff that he'd never published before. So TV scripts, books, um, stories, you know, plays, all sorts of stuff. And I thought it was absolutely remarkable and nobody's seen this stuff for years. And there's, there's years and years and years worth of it. And then I thought, is that why I'm keeping my notebooks? And then I thought, well, actually, I'm not producing the kind of stuff he was. I'm really not that interesting or good at what I do. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to play with this idea, Urban. I like it. I'm going to look at those notebooks and I'm going to say, do I need to keep these? It's good. It's good. Yeah, Thank you. For the Instagram photos, at least for me, that wouldn't work either because I basically switch all the time and I go from really tiny notebooks to B5 and back and it just doesn't look good because they're yeah. all different <laughs> yeah that's that's why I never take pictures of mine yeah um so urban um A3 I, I'm a big fan of A3 paper I hear that you are as well or at least you use it do you want to explain how you go through the A3 paper process yeah so I I have I guess I have the same problem as you have that turning a page when you try to work something out is is sort of uh, a problem <laughs> so for if there's bigger things to plan and certain uh projects you need to get off the ground then that's what a3 is what i use because there's a lot of space i can just write stuff down anywhere and draw the lines and the boxes and everything and it's still all on one page and it's it's easy to see what's going on and this is I don't use it that often, but this is that this actually works best for me instead of having tiny pages and it's hard to 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 see what's going on and you can't connect from one page to the next. I've been in the office recently a little bit more than usual and the A3 is clearly an issue for me in this situation because <laughs> it's not the most portable of sizes and uh, the book I've got is is hard bound as well as hardcover, so um, it's not that portable. So I've been adopting to the moleskin, but then get back into the studio and the A3 sat there on the desk and it's like, yep, that's the real estate that I need. So so what sort of things do you put into your A3 paper? Is this sort of working through, you know, code issues, technical implementations or, you know, business ideas or just journal thoughts? Yeah, just sort of a bigger planning out a bit of a bigger feature or 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 thing that needs to be done and there's a lot of details and it's not necessarily clear in the beginning in which order they need to happen and what even needs to happen and that's sort of for these uh, I guess mind map type things where you just plan it out and then once you have an idea you can sort of put it into a nicer format for the rest of the team I guess. I was so impressed actually and inspired talking about those A3 that I actually went out and bought a big A3 paper in order to try and use it for plotting. Having talked with Helen Callahan um, recently about plotting and Rob talking about the A3, and now, Irvin, this is how you use it. To me, I was like, oh, this sounds really, really cool. I'm going to have to give it a go. So uh, I haven't started yet, but I have got one. 
any tips? That's the purpose of A3, right? You just start somewhere and you don't have to think about, hey, but I only have a limited amount of space because it's just more space. I mean, that's the whole point, I guess. It's that real estate, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's the, you know, the classic Toyota lean technique of A3 thinking, which is actually, you know, something I do use occasionally at work. Um, but for me, it's just that bigger real estate. If it's a small idea, I'll probably just jump into the moleskin. But, you know, something that needs a little bit more thought and a lot more planning and there's that detail that comes with it. Definitely A3 all the way. I think we started a trend here, Evan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to mention, Urban, around sort of everyday stationery, your fountain pen and ink interest? Uh, before we jump into the sort of five items for a desert island, which is becoming a bit of a theme. Just uh, if you're interested in fountain pens and especially in inks, you should check out the fountain pen companion. Um, also, it has a basically a catalog of many, probably not all inks available these days, and they all link out to various reviews. Uh, that are available on the web this is so dangerous this is so how i'm spending my weekend <laughs> <laughs> well you, i think i said told the story about the ink that i bought for the waterman fountain pen that yeah. for years and yeah after getting that all over the place and basically having to replace all my furniture <laughs> i um yeah i'm gonna stay away from inks for now but I do think when it needs um, filling up, because you're right, it actually lasts a very long time, doesn't it, in the fountain pens? I'm going to think about a different colour. I'm thinking that turquoise one. Sounds one that goes with the furniture, Rob, would be a good choice, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, and it's just at least inky fingers is just something that goes along with fountain pens, I guess. <laughs> oh, right, Urban. So, Desert Island, you're stuck there. You're allowed five items of stationery. Let's go for it. What's on your list? All right. So background, my desert island is actually a very nice island. It's sort of more of a, a resort, um, so I don't don't have any problems. I just have my time to spend on my stationery. I don't need to go out uh, for food and <laughs> and drink. So I, I like how you've 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 my, bent the rules there, Evan. I like my, it. It's yeah. good. <laughs> so my selection is a bit uh, merry, uh, impractical, depending on how, how the island is looking like. Um, so as a fountain pen user, of course, uh, I need a notebook, a fountain pen, and an ink. Of so, course. So, um, and because it's such a nice island, I can use the the fancy stuff. One of my favorite notebooks um, are they are from a company called Endless. And they make this A5 notebooks called the Endless Recorder, which um, do look like a Leuchtturm or, or Moleskin, but they have even better paper. And they lay flat and hardcover, and they're just uh, very nice uh, Excellent. notebooks. Excellent. Yeah, I've not yeah. heard of them. So that's another one for me to go and have a look at. Yeah, they are, not, they are on the pricey end, I guess, but yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. And then as for, my, for the pen, um, I have commissioned a custom pen Ooh. this year, sort of from a, from a small Dutch pen maker called Giants Pens. Um, this is about the size of a Kaweco Sport, I would say. So a fairly small pocket pen, but it is made from a really cool material. It's sort of a mix of acrylic and st- stabilized wood. Uh, and it's a really nice pen. It's sort of made to my specifications and it writes 
really, really wet. I guess this is also why <laughs> I need good paper because otherwise it's bleeding um, everywhere and uh. you can't use it any in any other notebook. Um, as for the pen, I'm a fan of uh, green inks. So I went with diamine uh, green black, which is almost black. But if you look at it closely, you see that it's actually a green ink, uh, which is really nice. We're going to include all the links in the show notes to all of this stuff. I didn't realize you could commission your own fountain pen. This is exciting. It's yes. a whole new world, isn't yes, it? Yes, and not necessarily cheap. Yeah, no, no, no. I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, that's great. The fun stuff's never cheap as it goes. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> these these three were the easy ones for me, I guess. The other two, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It would be easy to, to switch stuff. Um, I learned from your episode and I'm actually including a pencil sharpener. <gasps> yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going all out and really fancy with the cum masterpiece. Okay. Because it has such a long point. It, it's really absurd almost unusable long which is fun <laughs> in a way and uh, for the pencil i'm i'm using the uh, uni uh, penmanship pencil in 6b so these are special uh, japanese pencils they have a really really thick core and they're really smooth apparently they're used um, in japan for school kids for handwriting practice oh. and they're oh, nice. really fun to use a bit hard to find um, but yeah, they have, I would I would say a bit like the Black Wings, they are uh, fairly soft, but somehow the, the lead lasts longer. So it's very smooth and soft, but somehow, I don't know how they do it. I have really to be cool, honest, the, cool there's, there's a lot of really great, but very niche stationery in Japan. And that's another whole rabbit hole that I've had yeah. lots of fun in for a while. Yeah, so e even the cheapest or uh, the cheapest Japanese uh, pencils from from Mitsubishi or Tombow they are so much better than anything yeah. you find here like Stella Norris it's okay but then if you buy a similar priced Mitsubishi or Tombow they're just so much better so so there are your five things so you've got the yeah. notebook fountain pen the inks the pencil and the pencil sharpener brilliant we'll include links to all of these um, products mentioned and, and items in the show notes as well that's fabulous so you didn't feel the need to take a stone with you like Helen is? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't take a pencil sharpener either. There was a there was a lot of um, ill thought out choices for me. Well, I think we were working on the assumption that this was a desert island with not a lot of resources, and it wasn't very pleasant to be there. Whereas Urban spun that around, and he's mm. living in paradise, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I'll just ask for the stone then, if, if I need it. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be Desert Island Station. Maybe we should do, you're in a five-star hotel. What station are you taking with you? Because that would be a whole different conversation, right? It would be. It would be, yeah. yeah. I mean, not for Urban. His sounds like it's pretty much the same, which is, yeah, you know, yeah. just enviable, really. Yeah, I'm not sure I would take any stationery on a desert island, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's more important things, really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, at least it's stationery, not records, right? I mean, those would be even yeah, less useful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder whether we're going to get told off for stealing this idea, actually, Helen. Um, I can imagine some sort of copyright infringement coming our way soon. Well, uh, if, if we had it, <laughs> they're never going to be listening to a stationary podcast, are they? Let's be honest. That's, that's true. It's been absolutely brilliant today. I really enjoyed this conversation, Evan. We're coming up on time. 
Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? I mean, we'll include links to, you know, the fountain pens and everything else. Um, anything else on your mind around the, the world of stationery? Just be careful and <laughs> don't spend all your money on stationery, even though it's, it's very easy to do. Very excellent advice. It is. And, and I think actually these recommendations you've given for these Japanese pencils, I can see my credit card taking a slight hit over the next few weeks. Um, <laughs> that sounds very interesting indeed. Um, Helen, you, what's in, happening in your world stationery-wise? Do you have any cool new stationery? We'll come to you in a minute, Irvin, to ask what your sort of latest stationery piece is. But Helen, what about yours? Well, yes, I did. Having just mentioned my stash of stationery uh, or notebooks, I did actually buy another notebook. So inspired, as I often am, by all these conversations, um, Helen Callahan's conversation about picking the right notebook, I found a notebook that looked so pretty that I had to buy it. Um, and it's one by a company called Scribble and Dot, which is not vastly expensive. It has to be said, these aren't. But the paper is really lovely. It's nice and thick. And the dots in it for a bullet journaler, if you, they, they have dots in uh, the ones I buy anyway. They're much fainter than normal, and that's quite nice too. But it's this delicious, deep, deep, deep blue cover with um, like just a little starburst of shooting stars on the front. And it was just so pleasing that I had to buy it. And I don't have any purpose for it yet, but I do need it, as I'm sure you can understand. I have bought one other thing, which is a another notebook, but I, but I have a purpose for this one. I promise it's defensible. So it's really, really small. Um, it's barely as big as a pack of cards. And I bought it from TK Maxx. If you're in America, I think it's TJ Maxx. It's just this like cheap department store place you can get all sorts of things I use this I had I got inspired to start journaling um so you know I'm practicing Arabic I am practicing my Arabic handwriting by journaling each day in Arabic now obviously I can only do a couple of words uh a very short two word or three word sentence but it, they're getting longer and actually it's really really useful um, to force yourself to write something in Arabic that at least represents your day. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm really excited about it. Nice. nice. That's great. What a great way to learn how to write a different language. Urban, any new cool interest in stationery in your world? I know you've talked a lot about the stuff that you currently use, but are you exploring anything, anything on that wish list that you, you know, you'd wish to get? I mean, yes, there's always a wish list, of course, <laughs> but it's it's sort of the longer you are in, at least in, in the world with fountain pens, the more expensive the things you're interested in are getting. <laughs> so it's now very, I tried not to buy them all. Um, but I guess postcards are stationary as well. Yes. Um, and I, for a fountain pen companion, I do run a Patreon and on one of the levels, um, you get a postcard and I ran out of some postcards I had made. So I ordered new postcards from Moo and I went with their Mew Lux, very thick paper and not these shiny ones, but hopefully very nice to, to write on, even with a fountain pen. And it's uh, since the last time I ordered some, I actually had made a logo for the fountain pen companion um, and I put it on the backside so it's like custom postcards with the with fpc on it as well but this time it's the fountain pen capybara i saw that so that's your new logo like it 
And so do you handwrite that postcard when people reach a certain level and then you send it to them? Yes. I mean, it's not that many people, <laughs> but I mean, it's a very niche product. So. <laughs> so your handwriting beautiful, Urban. Having not been graced with one of these postcards, is your handwriting really beautiful? Have you practiced this a lot? <laughs> not really. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's okay, I would say, but it's not, not amazing um, like, like other people on and you see well i the reason i ask is because something that probably rob doesn't even know about me is that when i was at middle school so under the age of 12 so 8 till 12 in the uk would be at middle school um, we had a headmaster who used to take us once a week for handwriting lessons and we had to have a italic nibbed fountain pen and we mm -hmm. had to make pictures by writing calligraphy um oh. so i have had four years of weekly lessons in how to write pretty handwriting. Nice. <laughs> when I was in school in the first four, year, four years, I think in primary school, we actually did get a grade on handwriting. Did you? Yes. But that was a while ago and I don't do it anymore these days. <laughs> oh, well, I've had none of this training. That'll be why mine looks like an absolute disaster. So <laughs> in my world, actually a couple of things to mention. Um, so very, very kindly got sent a daily planner by Love Bellabiso. And um, I think we're going to organize for one to be free for a lucky reader, but we'll announce that in the next podcast. It's a daily planner. Um, I feel a bit guilty sort of filling it in and then ripping it off every day and putting it in the bin. But it's been super helpful, actually. It sort of just works really well with the way my brain thinks. You know, you've got those big plans. I've got Todoist. I've got a monthly idea of what I'm trying to achieve. And this allows me just to jot down those habits and that stuff during the day. It's very, very nice. You'll see some pictures of it on Instagram as well. And then I discovered an Instagram account called All Things Analog. Um, definitely worth checking them out. It's a stationery store, I think, somewhere in Eastbourne, I want to say, in the UK. And I bought a couple of layout uh, notebooks. They're dotted and they're from a company called Life and Pieces, sold through the All Things Analog shop. Still don't know what I'm going to use them for yet, <laughs> but they did look very nice and I bought them and they are really impressive. I've just got to, you know, get through a few of the notebooks before I get to these. So one of those impulsive purchases, but definitely check them out. Really nice looking notebook on there as well. So Urban, thank you so much. It's been really, really entertaining. I really enjoyed this really dense discovery of just quite how... Um, I guess sort of technical you can get within the stationary world, and I love this. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go away and do a bit of research about fountain pens. Great, yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a fun discussion. It was great. Thank you very much, Urban. Running up for Christmas, there's an advent of lots of tiny five-minute podcasts um, of little activities to do. So yeah, please do join us on those Xmas podcasts. You can find them on stationaryfreaks.com and of course you can find us on Stationary Freaks UK on Instagram. With that, we shall speak to you all in the next podcast. So it's thank you from me. And thank you from me. Bye bye.